Good afternoon and welcome to Midday Moms. This is Dorothy Polarski and I'd like to welcome each and every one of you signing on. Um, please do tell us where you're from. If you're, you know, Kathy from Chicago or Liz from Mississauga, we love hearing from you in the uh, chat. So please do uh, say hello to us. Now, some of you are joining us for the very, very first time, Midday Moms. Others uh, may have joined us in the past. So a big warm welcome to all of you. Midday Moms got started in direct response to the pandemic. Um, what happened was that our ministry uh, primarily helps parishes start Catholic Moms groups. And of course, during the pandemic, we couldn't meet. And so we launched Midday Moms as a way to reach out to moms uh, in the Archdiocese of Toronto. And since that time, we now have visitors from Chicago, Hawaii. We've got moms from Alaska. We've got moms from Dubai. So uh, we did a survey and a lot of moms were saying we, that you wanted midday moms to continue. So here we are. Hi, Claude, actually. So Claude is from Dubai. Great to see you. And Lynette is from Hawaii. So aloha. Um, we have Anne Chapetta from Schomburg. Uh, so yes, so good afternoon and welcome to all of you. Um, we have a remarkable guest today. Uh, I wanted to welcome a big warm welcome to uh, Margaret Good. Margaret, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Okay. So I am a mom and I'm married for 43 years to a great guy. And um, my mission in life is to try and be the hands and feet of Christ here on earth. Wow. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Um, I've, I, 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 not, I don't know how long I've been doing this, but no one's ever said that. So it's, uh, you caught me off guard. So, so thank you. Um, for those of you that maybe are new to Midday Moms, I'm going to show you our ministry video. I'm sure that some of you have seen it five times. Some of you have seen it 25 times. But um, we are on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. We do so primarily by helping parishes start Catholic Moms groups. And I just can't wait to tell you about a conversation that Margaret and I had a while back that just let me know, know that Margaret was a shoo-in for our ministry. Uh, you know, we're on the same page in terms of uh, motherhood and the importance of motherhood. So we're hoping that maybe one of you here might want to start a Catholic moms group. Uh, I keep on bugging Lynette in Hawaii because I'm thinking... I delivered the workshop, How to Start a Catholic Moms Group for the Diocese of uh, uh, Honolulu. So it would be nice that we got one launched there. Anyway, let me start with our, come Holy Spirit, our ministry video. Mothers, by our very nature, we are nurturing, loving caregivers 
We are social beings made for friendship and community. We are also spiritual by nature, made by a loving God to know him and love him and to pass this love of our Catholic faith on to our children. But right now, many mothers feel overextended, distracted, and exhausted. Though as Catholics, we have the community of our church, many mothers attending Mass could not name the mom sitting next to them in the pew they share. Community and support among Catholic mothers is desperately needed in this hectic and chaotic culture. Your parish needs you to bring these moms together. Hi, my name is Dorothy Polarski. I'm the founder of Catholic Moms Group. We at Catholic Moms Group are on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. We exist to bring together like-minded, faith-filled mothers who crave community and are focused on spiritual growth, Catholic teaching, and fellowship. Can you imagine a thriving, engaged mothers group at your parish? A group of moms in love with their Catholic faith, ready to serve other mothers no matter what stage of motherhood they're at. Can you imagine what a difference that would make at your parish? Starting a mother's group, it's not rocket science, but working with a team who's done it before and who's done it dozens and dozens of times sure does help. The Catholic Moms Group membership site is an online community that offers training, resources, and dozens of tools for parishes to help them start a mother's group quickly and efficiently. We're here to provide you with a clear path to launching a Catholic Moms Group at your parish. All of our materials are 100% Catholic. We have clearly laid out meetup plans for both mom's groups and toddler groups. We are obedient to the magisterium of the Catholic Church. We have created dozens of tools that are going to save you time and energy. And besides that, we love our Blessed Mother. We constantly turn to her for her intercession. You can make a huge impact in your parish, so join us. We are revolutionizing the way parishes start mother's groups by providing parishes with a Catholic mother's group starter kit and by nourishing and training a community of Catholic mother's group leaders across the world. It's time to start a mother's group at your parish. Join us today. first off, um, extend uh, just my deepest, deepest gratitude to um, Margaret. <laughs> Margaret is, uh, she's a sponsor of our Dynamic Women of Faith Conference. And I tell you that when we put this conference on, this is uh, year number 14, year after year, we're always kind of, you know, whenever we put our stake in the ground, we wonder, okay, how are we gonna do this? <laughs> We're really gonna need, um, you know, supernatural help. Um, and we're gonna 
need, you know, because sometimes you put something out there and, and, and you don't know whether women are going to come. And, and so you're taking all sorts of remarkable risk, printing thousands of brochures, putting ads and, you know, the newspapers here and there. And uh, I didn't know whether we should go back live this year because the pandemic has scared a lot of people. And uh, if you haven't registered for the Dynamic Women of Faith Conference and you are in Toronto, um, it's time for you to register because this is going to be our best conference yet. But I'm very, very deeply grateful to Margaret um, for her generosity. Um, and I, I want to introduce her a little bit more formally. So Margaret Good, don't you love that name, Margaret Good? I just love that. <laughs> it's such a good name. So uh, Margaret Good has owned and operated over seven successful businesses and currently helps others own a business and give back to their communities that they live in all at the same time. Having run several independent businesses and helping my daughter start a career in the direct selling industry, I now show others how to take care of themselves. We all need that, don't we, moms? Um, we're always taking care of everyone else except for ourselves. How to take care of themselves, look great, and earn any level of income they choose while supporting the charities of their choices. Running different businesses has opened up doors for me where I can help the charities near and dear to my heart. So ladies, I would like you at home all to give Margaret Good a round of uh, applause. So um, I'm just honored uh, to have her here with us today. Now, Margaret, seven successful businesses. Before we get onto the topic of almsgiving and donating and tithing, can you tell us a little bit about some of the businesses that you've run? I know we probably don't have time for all of them, but I'd love to hear some of that. Okay. So um, I have a consulting business now for strategic planning with businesses. Um, I had uh, my own accounting and bookkeeping practice. And then um, I also, um, together, we have a pet boarding business for our family that um, we started with my daughter. And um, and then we did an events uh, planning business as well with my husband earlier on in our career. So that's just a couple of things. <laughs> that's just a couple of them. Now, um, Margaret, you mentioned uh, when we spoke last, and I hope you don't mind me, me bringing it up, um, just some of the, you know, I don't know whether it's struggles or realizations that you came to when you were, um, you know, Margaret, I don't think, I don't know if you guys noticed, but she's a CPA and, being a CPA involves a rigorous amount of study and a rigorous amount of hard work. You know, my daughter was uh, good friends with someone is striving to get their CPA. I think it nearly killed her. So can you tell us a little bit about that time? Sure. So it, it was a, it was a very competitive time. Like it was very competitive in finishing university and trying to get into the right firm. So you felt like you were always competing with people. And then you knew you were with the brightest of the bright. 
So there was the stress of, okay, am I going to be, you know, the certain percentage of people that pass the exam or not? So um, there was always that stress and that stress actually threw my chemical system out of balance so that I went into like a very deep depression and became actually suicidal. So um, it, it was, it was just not a very pleasant experience. wasn't a very good time. <laughs> yes, yes. No. And it was striving for something that, um, you know, like I, I come from immigrant parents. So, you know, everybody wants their child to be a doctor, a lawyer, like something right. White collar at the, in the eighties, something white collar versus blue collar. And it was a lot of stress and um, it really threw me off kilter emotionally um and and then i questioned whether i even wanted to be mother or could be a mother right through all that whole thing and um then god blessed me uh, 15 years into our marriage with my daughter and um and i just realized what a lie i had been listening to in secular society about motherhood right about um and so now i want women to understand that it's very honorable it's the best job you can have in your life is to be a mother and to share that love uh because i think we all have it in us and um and we need to nurture that and encourage young women to uh, that it is worthwhile yeah, and, uh, you know, Margaret and I, we just had, had the privilege of talking to Margaret about this topic for, for quite a long time. And what we kind of came to the conclusion of is that in the past, you know, in the old days, in the 60s, where women were kind of like stuck at home and they didn't want to be chained to the kitchen and chained to the laundry and they they wanted to be emancipated and have the opportunity to develop their professional skills and work and and, and there's nothing wrong with that I always say don't get me wrong I, I've, I've worked a lot in my life I delivered seminars internationally across Canada the U.S. Hawaii Australia New Zealand I've worked my buns off um and, but there's something that's happened now that's turned everything completely topsy-turvy because women now are trying to accomplish remarkable professional success, but they're still having to do all the things that they used to do. And so many of them are at different breaking points. Some of them end up cutting their... Um, they, they cut themselves off from their own heart in, in order to compete in the, the corporate world. And I, I kind of, I don't know whether to say I sometimes I chuckle or, or that I cry, but sometimes now we see women can't see, and I'm not saying all of them, but they can't see themselves that they're now chained to the corporation, right? And so the corporation has got them you know and and sometimes people say to me oh Dorothy you're against working women I said well that's not true that's not true at all I'm not I, I couldn't imagine a life without working but there's a there's a way of doing it 
where you're free uh, to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and so anyway, Margaret and I talked about those topics for a very, very long time, but we should get around to why you all signed up <laughs> in the conversation. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what's the differences between almsgiving and donating and then perhaps what tithing is and what your kind of philosophy is? Okay, sure. So um, almsgiving, now it's Lent and there's three observances during Lent that we're called to do, right? We're called to pray, we're called to fast, and we're called to do almsgiving. And almsgiving is the act of donating money or goods to the poor and performing other acts of charity. So almsgiving, we're looking at those less fortunate than us, right, who need our help in some way to be able to live a sort of a self-sustaining, self-respecting life, right, um, a safe life right? Uh, a safe life where they know they don't have to worry about food, shelter, clothing, um, walking down the street, right? That's what almsgiving is. And, and that's one of the things that we're called to as Catholics is to participate in that. And especially Lent is, is an opportunity for us to participate in that. And I think share life is, you know, part of that whole um, aspect during the lentil season. Now, tithing, it was established back in the law of Moses, right? So tithing means 10th. So at that time, people were asked to give a 10th of their um, produce or harvest to the church. And as Catholics, there is no set amount that we're asked to be, give of our income to the church, but we are asked, every Catholic is asked to support the church financially in some way, in that, um, so that the church can carry on worship, so that the church can carry on its apostolic duties and its charity. And to also um, support our priests and clergy so that they can um, have a decent place to live and all the things that humans need so that they can carry on the work of Christ. And so that's what Catholics are asked to do. So, you know, like I said, there is a no set amount. Um, for us, right? Yeah. yeah. And 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 so, you know, when, when you think of um, Lent, and you mentioned the three pillars of Lent, that there's, you know, fasting, almsgiving, and prayer. I, I, I don't know about everybody else here, and, and I'm just making a generalization here. Um, but I think sometimes I know myself, um, you know, sometimes I've been a little bit selfish during Lent because I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to cut out sugar and donuts. Well, that's, you know, why am I doing it? I'm doing that really for myself because I've been trying to lose weight ever since I was born. And so it's fasting, but it's not fasting, right? Um, right. 
and 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 then the other thing is too i would also say that amongst the three pillars of lent i i would i think that the almsgiving or the donating or the tithing is probably the one that we as Catholics are probably a little bit weak on, right? Like it's probably something I know that our Protestant brothers and sisters and Baptist brothers and sisters, I just get the sense that it's more a part of their, like it's a natural giving. Um, you know, I, I kind of, uh, I, I kind of, uh, and it, I guess it, it, it kind of hits me at, at the core of my being because, okay, we've been doing midday moms now for, I don't know, gosh, I think we're our year three or something like that. And week after week, I'm saying, oh, if you could make a donation and you could hit the donate button, you know, it would really appreciate a donation. <laughs> and it's, it's hard to ask, right? But very, 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 very few, like, you know, we've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of listeners, but very few make a donation. Now, there's one woman that's here today. I'm not going to say her name because I'm sure she wouldn't want the attention. But month after month after month, um, you know, she's making that $10 donation to support the benefits that she's received from, uh, you know, listening to Midday Moms. Now, do you have any idea why people might not donate or might not give? Like, I, I think that S Satan does a good job with us with, with donating mm -hmm. and giving. What are some of the reasons yeah. why people might not give? Okay, because they're afraid, right? They're afraid. So one of the things the Bible does say is, like, we are to look after ourselves, make sure that our family is taken care of, right? And then to donate the extra. So in these times, like I remember sitting in church when the gospel or um, the second reading was about James and from James where he said, you know, it doesn't do you any good to tell your brother, oh, you need a shirt, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, you like give him the shirt, like it doesn't. Um, but I was thinking, well, how can people give him this shirt? Like people can't even balance their pocketbook. Like they're afraid that they're going to run out of money and the economy is precarious. And so then I, I, that's when I wrote my, um, living in abundance book where, you know, we have to remember we are God's stewards. We don't own any of this. None of this is ours, right? We are asked to manage it for him, right? And he is our provider. God is our provider. It's not your corporation or, um, you know, your employer or your clients. It's God is your provider. And do we have faith enough to say, if, um, you know, I have this extra, like how many people actually do a budget, right? Um, to, to see how much, where their money is going. So that's the other thing, you know, I wrote about in my book too, about treasure. Where is your treasure? If you took your bank 
statements and your credit card statements and you watch where your money is flowing, would you know where your treasure lies? Right? Yeah. So I think, and people are afraid to face those numbers, I think, is one of the things. Um, they don't know where their money is going and they they think... I, I think it's fear. It's mostly fear and not trusting in God that he will, he's ordained our steps. He knows what we should be doing, right? That's my firm belief. Yeah, and it, I, uh, I, I really, really love that you've brought up the idea of stewardship and that the idea is that everything that has, we've received is actually directly from God. And yeah, I might work for the Toronto Dominion Bank, or I might work for the Dufferin Peels, you know, school board. But it was God that got me that job. It was God that created those opportunities for me. And, you know, at the end of our lives, God will say, okay, I've blessed you with all of these things, how did you manage? And not only things, but I, I strongly believe too that our children are gifts from God. And, uh, you know, I, and I always say to people, and I don't know whether this is wrong or right, and sometimes I know people get mad at me, but I, I always say, well, that's okay. You're, you're over there and I'm over here so you can get mad at me. But if if children are a gift from God, are we treating those children as if they were gifts, right? And so you want to think of the words that you speak. You want to think of the amount of time that you spend with your children and um, that, that we will be made to give an accounting of how we have treated the gifts we've received financially, the gifts that we have received in terms of the people around us. And, and so recognizing that we are stewards is extremely, extremely um, important, right? And, and I think too, Dorothy, it's part of it is encouragement. Like it doesn't have to be money that we're donating, right? We could write a card to someone in a in a shelter or um, someone who uses a shelter or to the workers at a, a soup kitchen. Um, we could write a card of encouragement, right? It doesn't have to always be money. I mean, organization <laughs> money to run, but um, there are other ways too right? You can volunteer your time and, and that sort of thing. That is almsgiving as well. So every, and it says in the Bible too, that we all have to give according to what we have, what we are asked to steward. Like, so I, I might not be able to give the same as my neighbor, but I, I have something I can give, right? My time, my extra shoes, whatever. I can knit, you know, some people who are housebound, they can still do almsgiving by, you know, knitting little hats or whatever. Um, there are so many ways that people can donate. 
Yeah, and so I was doing a, a little bit of uh, reading about the topic, you know, in preparation for today. And the the other thing is is that that as Catholics, the Church requires it of us so that we develop the discipline of not just thinking about ourselves, right? So the practice of uh, donating goods or donating time or donating money is a way to get our minds off ourselves. And um, I, I like here, Claude uh, writes here too, she says, um, it says in the Bible, give and it will be given to you, you know? So we are called to live by supernatural principles we're called to live you know love thy enemy right mm -hmm. um, we're called to to give and there's many many books that outline that if we end up that if we end up like when I it's funny because I find that whenever I've written a check either to a parish or um I, I like to support Dr. Simone's ministry um and and I just find like, oh my gosh, I just donated. There's a, also a priest in Africa. He's actually on Facebook um, that he's trying to build a church. And I'm trying to support some of the moms in, you know, in his parish there. And it's like, I did this. And then before you know it, like you popped into my life. And I was like so nervous about what I was doing. <laughs> um, so it, it, there are some supernatural elements. Would you say that? when you do give when you donate either your time your your money or your talent do you find that you're you're blessed by it oh definitely definitely blessed by it and you know that you are helping someone else i think because we especially women we're nurturers we're helping someone we like to see other people succeed and and I think we want people to be safe and at peace, right? And so when you're giving it, you're, you're actually being a good role model too, right? For others in your community and through donating or even volunteering at the church for something is part of your almsgiving, right? And building community. You're with like-minded people who um have the same goals and values as you do um you know it actually promotes happiness right and <laughs> did you hear that everybody <laughs> if you make a donation to us you're going to be happier <laughs> right right it it it's supporting the cause it's allowing it to go on and it's allowing it um whatever to be shared with others right so it builds community and it grows your community. Those are some of the things that um, donating helps do, right? Um, and, and it's just taking care of others. Like, you know, it's, that's what it, it is. It's about helping others and it's being grateful for what you have and you have the opportunity to share that with others. Yeah, it's 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 funny, but not too long ago, I was uh, reading an article online, and there are pictures splattered of uh, Dick Van Dyke in Los Angeles, 
And he was dressed in kind of grubby clothing because he didn't want people to recognize him. But what he was, he was in a he was standing in front of a soup kitchen, um, just handing out five dollar bills to like dozens and dozens of people. And and so, you know, I can only imagine the joy that, you know, he had. And, and this was like not too long ago. The man is almost 90, I think. And yet having that kind of hands-on uh, opportunity to give to someone, you know, he could just have easily, you know, written a check or something like that. But just the joy of interacting with people that are in need and um, giving them, you know, a little something so that they can buy a cup of coffee, but not enough that they would buy, you know, alcohol or drugs or whatever. So, uh, yeah, that there is a tremendous amount of joy in giving. Now. Can you tell, I don't even know the answer to this question, so I'd, I'd love to know, how did you find out about our ministry, about um, Catholic Moms Group Dynamic? How did you find out about us? Well, I've, I have followed you for many years, um, I think. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know this. For, for, yeah, for many years, and I think it mostly, I came across you through the Catholic Register. Um, many years ago yeah yeah okay okay no it's always uh you know i i because sometimes i'm wondering is anyone there is anyone listening you know <laughs> <laughs> when i've been writing these articles is anybody reading them uh so um and then and then you attended our advent retreat is that right that's right that's yeah. right i re really wanted to go um because i needed that my cup to be filled Yes. yes, yes. And yes. Uh, I, I have to tell everybody, I don't know whether I should be making this public, but what the heck, um, I, I always take different kind of risks. Um, if you've ever attended any of our events, and I'm really hoping that some of you are going to register for the Dynamic Women of Faith Conference, we really, really work hard to pour our hearts into the event just to you know to touch people to you know and uh, you know on a bit of a whim I had ordered these you know cookies and then I'm like okay let's do that and so I our our, our advent retreat uh, I, I gotta tell you we we did not we did not make money we lost money and uh and I thought, oh my gosh, I was like, dang, dang, dang. I was like hitting myself over the head. And not that our ministry doesn't exist to make money, to make a profit, but you'd like to think, okay, we're going to um, at least cover our expenses. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was beating myself up um, for the cookies and, you know, different things. I should have pulled back. I should have pulled back. And uh, I'm like, oh. And then I thought to myself, if I never hosted that Advent retreat, I would have never met Margaret. And if Margaret hadn't attended that uh, Advent retreat, we wouldn't have been blessed in the way that we were that she's become a platinum sponsor for the conference this year. So sometimes when we follow the promptings of our hearts, sometimes at the moment it might not make sense, but then Six months later, God blessed that Advent retreat. He worked, you know, he's able to work forwards and backwards in time, out of time. And I know that 
a lot of women, when they're making decisions um, about, you know, whether they're going to work full time, whether they're going to work part time, you know, they have whether they're going to have another baby, they make decisions strictly based on finances, right? right. And I'm trying to tell women, you can follow your heart, follow your heart. Um, mm -hmm. I, I want to hear a little bit more about the work that you've done and are doing um, in the direct selling business. Tell us all about it. Okay, so my my direct selling business, uh, I I'm in it because my daughter was got me in it. She needed a team member, and then she needed, you know, her sales. But it like I'm with Mary Kay, but it has opened doors so that I can go into hospices and work with the volunteers and the staff members and do pamper days with them. Um, we did in October, we did put on and take off the mask day. So we did charcoal masks with the, um, the volunteers and the workers. It's opened doors for me to go into women's shelters to pamper, again, the staff, as well as some of the women in the community who are trying to get away from violence. So um, it's just open those doors for me. So big brothers, big sisters, I use my direct selling business as a vehicle. And if somebody buys, that's great. If somebody doesn't buy, that's okay too. It just gives me the opportunity and the credibility to love on other women, right? And um, bless them for the service that they do. Because you know, as women, we're mothers, we're daughters, we're wives, um, we're sisters and, you know, we, and then we work <laughs> to, you know, pay the bills too. So we're always not taking care of ourselves. And this you know, has given me the opportunity to work with different organizations and even corporate, right? I have what I call a pink towel service where I go in and, and, and do a little pampering with these people and their staff, like, and volunteers, like I've gone into other um, agencies, such like the Alzheimer's Society and that, because money is tight. They don't have time, um, a lot of resources for like um, things like volunteer appreciation. So it's given me the opportunity to meet a lot of people who are doing a lot of great things in the world and um, to thank them. For their services to the community so it it's just been a blessing to me right to bless others like that right and um you know we have to take care of ourselves because if you know something happens to us right um then things happen in our families <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, not that we control everything but you yeah. know we are kind of the glue that holds it together right and there's you know this the old saying right if mama's happy everybody's happy and if mama's not happy um and I you know I I had the type of mother that I I, I met like my mom passed away when she was 86 
And I did not see a day in her life where her nails weren't painted. She'd be upset that <laughs> she would not leave the house without her, you know, a lipstick, a little bit of blush and, and mascara. And she was a big, big believer of, you know, that whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a working mom, it's very, very, very important to put your best foot forward. And um, I think that, you know, moms, stay-at-home moms in particular, I think it's important particularly to put on a, a little bit of makeup because I think we're giving um, stay-at-home moms a bad name if we're looking haggard and tired and miserable, right? Uh, you know, how can we say that we're uh, delightful and happy and whatever to be at home if we're going to like, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah my, yeah, my mom says, Dorothy, don't wear your problems on your face. You know, people have got their own problems. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to see and, them on your face, right? And I, you know, even people laugh at me. I'm at home and I'm dressed up, right? Like, you know, I'll, I'll wear a dress at home, so I don't care. I said, but it makes you feel good, right? Just, you know, you don't have to wear your sweatsuit all day, Right. Um, find something that makes you feel good, right? Yeah, and the the uh, the other thing that uh, the other reason I was going to say, ladies and gentlemen, but we're just ladies. But who knows? Maybe there's some men watching too. But the other reason I fell in love uh, with Margaret after we had our kind of uh, sort of discovery call, or call it what what you may, um, is when she spoke about. Mary Kay, and I, I did not know this because I wasn't familiar with uh, Mary Kay's philosophy, but the, the, you know, all of us know that we should be living in a particular way, right? We all know that we should be living with uh, a, a, a particular set of priorities in a particular set order. So the, the first thing should always be first, and that is God. The second thing should be our husbands, then our children, and then our work, and then our social life, right? Right. right? And this is one thing that we've been trying over and over and over to get through in our ministry. You know, like if I were to take a movie director and that movie director would be videotaping your entire day today or your entire week, would that videographer see God first? Would the videographer see God first? And what are you doing, um, you know, in order to make clear to God that you love God, you love God more than anything. And so that could be as simple as as soon as you rise to say morning prayers and um, again, many of us now are living corporation first, socialization next, um, children, and then God, and then, you know, so on and so forth. And our ministry has actually a little workshop that we have developed that helps mom help moms look at that and look at the way they're living their life. And if your paid job doesn't allow you to put God first, 
then there's something wrong, right? Can you, can you tell us a little bit more about that philosophy? Can you tell us a little bit more about Mary Kay and her convictions? Sure. Okay, she believed that as women, we were just as smart as men and we just we deserved as much recognition and praise and um, ability to run businesses ourselves. But she believed at the very forefront of everything, God, you know, faith first, family second, career third. And she built the company in such a way that rewarded women with an income, but it also allowed women the flexibility to go to, you know, the school concert, to go to the games with their children, to take them to an appointment versus the nanny, and to stay at home if they so chose to and to work an income. Yet she believed in community and sisterhood that we are there all to support each other. We're not competing against each other. And I think that's the another thing that's um, struggling for a lot of women. They feel they're competing each other instead of supporting each other as a sisterhood, right? We are sisters, we're sisters in Christ. And we're there um, to help each other better ourselves, right? And our communities. And so that's the way the company is being um, organized. And we live that to this day. And it's 65 years now that um, she's been around. So, you know, it's a long time. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And so that was the other thing that, you know, I've never, ever, ever heard of a business saying, you know, God first. And so what an incredible gift that is. I just want to look into the chat here because some people have been uh, piping in here and I haven't had a chance to, to chat with them. Um, Lynette says, been trying to repent of many years of bad steward stewardship, better late than never. Um, and, you know, Lynette, I want to congratulate you. My hands off to you. It's not very often that people are so open about that. Um, I think that a lot of us have made, you know, mistakes. And this is where during Lent, it's a good time to do an examination of conscience. And, um, you know, I've had women that hadn't gone to confession in 20, 22 years. And after a couple of midday moms and a couple of conversations with me and prayer and everything like that, that, um, you know, there are floodgates of grace available to you if you repent. And so, you know, maybe Jesus Christ, maybe the Holy Spirit, maybe our Blessed Mother has brought you here to midday moms to make a, you know, a promise to yourself that this Lent, you're finally going to get all of that stuff off and go to confession, you know. Um, I've often wanted to write an examination of conscience, uh, specifically for mothers, but I just, there's always something else I got to do. But you know, I, I'm just going to pray that, you know, I think Satan all often 
often tricks us into not going to confession, right? And when you don't go to confession, you're holding back blessings. And I think Satan also tricks us into not making donations. Oh, you know, they don't really need it. Oh, I can't really afford it. Oh, you know, so, so sometimes I think and I there, there was a saint and I forget the saint's name, but the saint said that any um, coat or any um, pair of shoes or any anything that you have that you are not using, it in fact belongs to someone else. It belongs to the poor. And if you're not giving it away, then um, that's something that you're going to have to, you know, deal with after, you know, on judgment day. And I don't like to be a scaremonger or anything like that. But just think of the freedom, you know, maybe now is the time where you will go through all of your closets and, um, you know, give that stuff away. Maybe now is the time. Um, and I, I know my mom used to always say too, she goes, Dorothy, if you're not giving something away that you actually really like and you really love, then it's not really giving. She always told me, say, Dorothy, giving should hurt a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, I'm not that holy. I'm not that holy. Um, but um, yeah, so maybe, you know, I don't know if any of you are familiar with Dr. Simone's warehouse on Lakeshore. I live very close to his house. So it's a great place just to drop off. And after my mom passed away, right? Like boxes of shoes and box. And, it, and I thought she's probably dancing in heaven thinking that people in third world countries are now using her shoes, right? And so it brought me joy. Um, even after she passed, it brought me joy giving because I knew my mom would be happy seeing that this stuff wasn't sort of being, being wasted. Um, so the, it, sorry. The uh, same like with dishes, right? Like my, when my mother passed, we got her dishes, my mother-in-law's dishes, like, right. They are sentimental to you, but um, my friend who is a professional organizer, she said to me, take a picture Ah, right. yes. Take a picture of those things and then pass them on so that you have the memory to keep, but it's not like cluttering up your whole house. And, yes. Uh, yeah. So that's another way of helping you. It helped me let go of a few things, right? Because um, I think sometimes we think if I let it go, I'm going to forget my mom or dishonor her by letting it go but no in reality you know she like like your mom they like to help people too so you know it's doing good but you still have that memory yeah so um i guess what could, are there a few things that we could kind of say in summary in closing what are some thoughts um why should people donate why should people give why okay, okay. so we are asked to by Christ and God to look after first um, our fellow believers, right? Those of us in our Catholic faith and family. So it's important that we, you know, when the offering plate comes around that we um, contribute. 
it's important for us to to be the hands and feet of Christ. And he was looking after those who couldn't look after themselves, who needed our help, right? And so we are asked to do that um, for him. And to, by doing that, we're showing his love to others, right? And, um, and helping build the kingdom here on earth. And that's why we should donate. Yeah. And then it also helps us. Um, it also helps us uh, grow in, in 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 getting our minds off of ourselves, but onto other people. And I, I think too that it also helps us. You know, like you said, generate happiness and generate joy. You know, um, I'll never forget. Uh, you, you know, in the Happy Meals, how they used to, I don't know if they still do, because it's been a long time since I bought a Happy Meal, but they used to always give away a little bit of a, a toy with the Happy Meal. And so when my kids were little, we used to collect all of those little uh, toys. And then we created, we had a box about 70 or 80 of them. And then we created these little pouches where we put in the Happy meal toy then we put in a little chocolate bar and we put in a prayer card and then we put a little ribbon around it and made these little beautiful small pockets and then we ended up having about 120 of them and we took them down to dr simone's uh, actually we went to dr simone's house because i know where he lives because we put in so much love and we just didn't want to dump them at the warehouse and Dr. Simone, uh, he, he said, oh, my gosh, on my next mission trip, I'm going to take these with me. And he did. And then he sent us pictures. He sent us photographs of him giving. Because we, on each one of them, we put um, from one child in Canada to one child in uh, Africa. And so, so the idea was that my children were thinking of another child. And so then he sent us photographs where he's giving, you know, this one little gift to another child that he took a picture, then he took a picture of another one. And then, and then my kids and I, we were so thrilled to see this McDonald's toy that, you know, a lot of people just end up throwing them in the garbage. Um, but it would it brought joy, right, to, yeah. to children yeah. in, in Africa, and I always say that the Holy Spirit often works in my life by asking me questions, right? And one question the Holy Spirit often asks me is, "Who can you bless this week?" And so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask each and every one of you to ask the Holy Spirit, "Who can I bless this week?" or "How who can I bless?" today. Um, now, Margaret, just in closing too, can I ask you, um, again, we're very grateful for, you know, the platinum membership. Why would you choose our ministry? Like, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I couldn't believe it almost. But well, can you tell us a little bit? Sure. Because I think, um, I think we've been fed a lie. You know, the secular world feeds us a lie that career is everything. And uh, it's the be all and the end all in life. It's, it's going to be the most fulfilling thing there is in the world. And um, well, and I, I know that um, 
and and I feel it, it suppresses a lot of love and giving that we have. Well, it suppressed a lot in me. And it was such a blessing for me to have my daughter, right? Um, I knew about unconditional love, but I think until you have a child and you can nurture them and love them, you don't know really what unconditional love is, right? Well, maybe other people do, but I didn't, <laughs> mm. I don't think. And that's why I, I want women to know that there are alternatives and that the skill set that you use in the corporate world, um, you can you can use other places and that there are alternatives, right? Like you have to kind of ask yourself why you want that job and why you're putting this on the back burner, right? And if people don't have children and nurture them and love them, I'm like, I believe too that we know that the most formative years are zero to six. And I think a lot of mental health issues with our youth are due because they don't have the love and the security of, of knowing that they are loved, wanted. And, and that's because their mom and dad are running around like chickens with their head cut off, right? Trying to catch the gold train, trying to run to daycare. Like those things are killing us. No, they they are, you know, and and I, I someone's got to tell them. <laughs> yeah, and, no, and and you know, we're like a lot of women are struggling with depression on Facebook. A lot of women are talking about you know how they're drinking their wine, and yeah, I like wine just as much as anyone else does. But it's almost as if like you know, women need more wine than they used to need because they're so stressed, right? And, and and then when we're working 24-7, you know, very often we, church falls off the radar, we're not going to church. And so you look at the weekend and then what comes first is actually, oh, hockey is first and then comes, you know. And, and, and so I, I really want to thank you for, I guess, joining us on our mission, because, you know, I know myself when I was involved in corporate, you know, 24 seven, I know that it hardened me. I know that I developed all sorts of characteristics that I'm still trying to get rid of. Right. It's, yeah. it was like, it wasn't until I held a baby that I thought, Oh, what does it mean to be gentle? <laughs> what does it mean to be patient? Right. Cause I'm like, boom, 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 boom. Um, <laughs> And, and so the work that you do also affects your personality and it also affects who you become. And, and so anyway, so thank you very much, uh, Margaret, for joining us today. I want to thank each and every one of you. Um, I just want to see if there's anything here um people are saying that there's long lineups for confession well you got to keep driving around till you find a church that doesn't have as many lineups um, <laughs> and the heart is deceitful and well this is why we need to put our head into scripture every day right to do that kind of cleaning of our thoughts and our minds um a lot of comments here and anyway i'm i'm I, I really want to thank each and every one of you for joining us today. Remember, Lent is all about fasting, 
We can fast from gossip. We can fast from um, Netflix. We can fast from sugar. We can fast from wine. We can fast from coffee. We can fast from, um, you know, I know one thing I'm trying to, you know, like sometimes I have like the quick sarcastic remark at the tip of my tongue and I'm trying to fast from some of my quick sarcastic comments. Um, so fasting, then almsgiving and prayer. I hope that you're trying to get to more than one mass a week. I, I find that having Jesus, uh, receiving the bread and blood of Jesus is uh, just such a gift. And, you know, pick up the rosary, pick up a new prayer, uh, sign up for the Dynamic Women of Faith Conference, and you'll get to meet Margaret in person. You'll <laughs> <laughs> get to meet me, and that'll be fun. So, um, so thank you. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I've got, um, yeah. And I'm just going to say a closing prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we know that wherever two or more are gathered in your name, that you are present. While there are many of us here from Hawaii, from Dubai, from Schaumburg, from Mississauga, from the U.S., different places we're here, we're gathered together in your name. <clears throat> Please show us, Holy Spirit, what you'd like us to do. As our Lenten resolution, some of us are a little late in getting started. Some of us have slipped and fallen. We beg for your mercy. We beg for your help. Um, we, just, we just gather all of our children and our husbands under the mantle of our Blessed Mother, and we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now. Amen. Amen. And uh, some of you know that I always like to end with a, a song. <laughs> I'm not that great of a singer, but it goes something like this. I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh and sing a song. Seems we just get started, and before you know it, comes a time we have to say so long. So, wah, 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 wah. thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And uh, if you're interested in learning more about how to run your own business, you can contact where can people contact you at margaret.good at rogers.com margaret.good at rogers.com um and if right to and then it, you'll find me on facebook and linkedin too yeah <laughs> no no good good facebook and linkedin and uh and don't forget about our ministry during um lent if you make a donation Last year, we were able to develop um, four uh, Lenten videos, which we're using this year because of a benefactor. There's no way we would have had those Lenten videos. I'm, I'm hoping we can create some videos for vintage moms, but next year, I guess. Okay, so thank you, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. We'll see you next week on Midday Moms. Mwah, mwah.
Well, bye. thank you, Margaret. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.